Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Today we are so glad to have Grant Holly join us. Uh, Grant is the lead pastor of Bold Grace Fellowship. He's an author and editor of many books such as Let the Text Speak, Easy Peasy, Biblical Greek, uh, Dispensationalism, and Free Grace Intimately Linked, and The Guts of Grace, just to name a few. Uh, he's also helped edit many books and um, is the general editor of the new uh, Free Grace Alliance magazine, mm. which is uh, going to print. This will be the first uh, month issue coming up very soon or quarter, uh, printed quarter, I should say, coming up very soon. He's the dire- director of Bold Grace Ministries and executive director of Free Grace Alliance. And on his spare time, he is uh, a, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, Taekwondo, <laughs> yep, taekwondo. world champion, right? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Wow. So, yeah. and uh, he's a mass crusader and saves people from, no, from Bergenville. <laughs> <laughs> But he's also the father of Rock and husband of Tamara and uh, Grant Holly. Welcome to Transform 365. Yeah, it's great to be on with you guys. Great. You have been uh, a very busy man this summer. Um, traveling. Yeah, traveling a lot. Um, I might say between your Free Grace Alliance conferences overseas, um, you've done some in Europe and, and I've seen you guys have some planned and in Africa and Charlie did uh, a few in the continent of Africa for you guys this past summer. And, um, and then a missions trip that, uh, we were both blessed to be able to go on uh, along with some other free grace, uh, members of the free grace Alliance and writing. That's a, a big balancing app, my man, you've been uh, really busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy, but you know, the Lord's good. So, yeah. So uh, to start us off, you're the executive director of Free Grace Alliance, which is um, a community of free grace thinkers. For those that are not familiar with the Free Grace Alliance, can you explain the organization and uh, what Free Grace Alliance stands for? Yeah, so the Free Grace Alliance is a group that's uh, started to um, get the gospel out. Um, You know, we have some Free Grace ministries that uh, were already in in existence before the Free Grace Alliance, uh, but the purposes were a little bit different. Um, uh, Free Grace Alliance recognized a need to encourage people to actually take the gospel out to the world and and uh, get get involved in ministry and encouraging people who are in ministry. And so that's the reason the Free Grace Alliance began. Uh, we do a lot of different things. Um, it wasn't really until recently that we had anyone uh, working for the Free Grace Alliance. And so it was mostly uh, volunteers of people who already had full-time ministries. And so um, it's really only lately that there's been a, a lot of momentum building. Um, and, you know, we started doing things like 
we've got a podcast, the Leading Grace podcast. We've got our magazine that, that uh, you mentioned. The magazine was digital only um, until this this next issue. I just sent it off to the printer. It'll be our first one in print, and that'll go out to all of our members. Uh, we have conferences. We do some regional conferences, some national or some uh, domestic and some international. Uh, we have our international com- conference coming up on October uh, 12th, excuse me, 10th through 12th in Keller, Texas. And I don't know if this will air before that because um, that's just right around the corner. Um, yeah. But if um, if it does, then, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you all with us. Uh, so the Free Grace Alliance um, has the purpose of, you know, getting the gospel out there, as I mentioned. And um, part of the reason why uh, the Free Grace Alliance exists is because there there are already Free Grace people around the world that sometimes feel disconnected. There's no... Um, there, there may not, may not be a community of free grace people around them, or they may be one, um, small church that is in a whole sea of, uh, Lordship salvation and other, um, other works-based gospels, um, around. And so, you know, sometimes it, it can be real easy to feel lonely and to, to kind of feel isolated. And so, you know, we want to come along and, and get them connected with other free grace people, and then also to encourage them and get them. Uh, the materials they might need to to do uh, more effective ministry. Yeah, uh, you're you're emphasizing connecting a lot, and you know, just uh, really the idea of community of of guys that uh, are like minded in that, and and that's a uh, that's much appreciative because sometimes you definitely feel like you're on an island. You know, yep. it feels like the Free Grace Alliance does. Um, they do a great job with um, just um, how do I say this? Like just spreading uh, free grace theology and um, just making sure that, um, that, you know, you guys, your, your website, I'm on it a lot, how updated it is, you know, with your podcast. I listen to a lot of your podcast and also the, I'm, I'm very excited about your magazine coming up. So we yeah, appreciate, yeah, we appreciate all your, your hard work and um, just, just keeping us updated. What's going on with the free grace Alliance. Yeah. yeah thanks. So free grace Alliance has uh, had some big, uh, Big things going on, like you said. Um, you guys are doing. You guys started with the digital magazine. Now it's going to publication. Um, you've done some overseas um, conferences and have some planned for the future. And then the international conference is coming up. Uh, can you explain how uh, the genesis of that? Because um, it's been um, really picking up a lot of steam lately, um, and uh, it's definitely uh, great to see. Uh, that taking place mm-hmm. and maybe yeah, so, give some of the future things that you have planned too. Yeah, that's, that's a good, uh, really good question. Thank you. Um, what I'd say is that uh, the free grace Alliance has um, for a long time needed someone that could devote some real time to it. And, you know, I started late in 2019, but then uh, COVID hit and that, that uh, made us drag a little bit. There wasn't, as much that we could do at the time. And, you know, we didn't have some of the ideas about like the podcast and the magazine at the time as well. Uh, we did, uh, one of the things we did during COVID was to uh, do an online conference. And I think some people really enjoyed that. Um, but as we're, as we're going forward now, I've been, I've been part-time with uh, the Free Grace Alliance uh, since I started and uh, we were trying to do, you know, what we could with that, but it just became 
pretty clear that we needed to to get me full time. Um, we we are still underfunded, and my 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 position is not is still not fully funded, but um, it's coming along. And we're at a we're at a point where now I just started working full time uh, recently with the Free Grace Alliance, which will allow us to do a lot more. Um, we uh, we did some some conferences this this year. We just got back from Washington. Um, that's Washington State. We were in Lacey, which is outside of Olympia, and I was up there with uh, Arnold Fruchtenbaum and uh, Joe Duke. We were we were both. Um, we were all three of us were, were speaking at that conference on the topic of uh, grace through and through. And we looked at the Old Testament, and the New Testament, and just how grace is, um, is it runs throughout the Bible. And it's, it's really uh, start to finish in the Christian life. It's all about grace. And it was really great to, to have those guys there. That's, the church there is um, pastored by Jeremy Michelson, who's on the, the board of the Free Grace Alliance. And uh, he's a close friend of mine. Uh, we also, as you mentioned, we um, did a mission trip. We went to Dubai and then to a, a country in South Asia that um, they've asked us not to mention because of um, the persecution for the people there. Uh, we were able to uh, teach the word a little bit in that um, that uh, uh, South Asian country. Um, I actually came from there or uh, to there from from Hungary, and I was I was able to preach at a couple of churches in Hungary. And before that, I was in Finland. We had an FGA conference in Finland, and they had pastors from all over uh, Europe, and especially from around uh, Scandinavia, Finland, and um, and uh, Sweden, especially. And so we had a lot of pastors and a lot of other people come to that conference, and I was able to talk about the connection between dispensationalism and free grace, and then we also looked at uh, how grace impacts our life and community. Um, I, I did that through uh, Galatians and also Colossians, and that was a real blessing. Um, and you know, we were also earlier this year we were in um, Starkville, Mississippi, and we had a great conference there. Charlie Bing was out there um, with me and uh, Bill Bodges. Um, as as you mentioned, we had a conference. We actually had a, a few conferences in. Um, in Ghana and Charlie went out there, Charlie Bing went out there as our representative. And so what Charlie does is at the beginning of his conferences, he puts out a survey and asks people, you know, what do you need to do to be saved? And um, at one particular conference, there was 300 pastors there and over 90% of them thought that, or said that they, um, they thought you had to speak in tongues to be saved. Oh, wow. Um, and so uh, Charlie then was able to just really clearly share the gospel and talk about eternal security and all those sort of things. And, and lots and lots of those people were uh, just embracing it and excited about it and wanting to go teach the grace of God to their congregations. And so, you know, these conferences, um, especially overseas, can be really impactful. Uh, we plan to do that again this year. We're going to go to, um, to Ghana again, and there will be uh, three conferences in Ghana. Um, one in Kenya and then one in, in, uh, South Africa. And the ideas behind those is again, to, to reach these pastors and have them take the grace messages back to their congregations. Um, we are working on right now, this is, I, I'm just putting out, uh, in the magazine and also with this upcoming conference, I'm going to put out a vision for the free grace Alliance so that people can kind of see where we're headed. We are uh, really trying to turn 
towards an offensive mindset, meaning that uh, we're looking at the 8 billion people in the world, most of whom have never heard the free grace gospel. And uh, we need to get the gospel out to them. We're going to start being really active with that, um, with overseas ministry, especially. And, you know, we did start that a little bit this year, but uh, we're going to be pushing forward a lot more with that this coming year. But uh, the fa- the first phase that we're doing is we're trying to find all the free grace people that are already out there and get them connected with us and start to do ministry with them to find the free grace materials that are available for free and kind of aggregate them on the free grace Alliance website so that it's easy for people to find materials. I have people contact me all the time saying, you know, do you have any free grace materials on this topic or whatever? And, um, and it takes some time to try to, to try to chase those down a lot of times, but if we can get all those together in one place, that would really be a a blessing to people, I think. So uh, beyond that, I think we're going to start working on developing some uh, training materials to, uh, train pastors. There are not enough free grace pastors being trained, um, even to replace the ones that are retiring or otherwise leaving the ministry. And so there's just, there's so much to do and, and we're really just getting started. But, uh, you know, like you mentioned, there is some momentum starting and um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. It seems like, uh, everybody's getting really focused as the, uh, as the day draws near. And I know that that's been something that, um, we've been saying for a long time but you know we say maranatha for a reason right so yeah <laughs> yeah brother grant you all you would think that um you just mentioned that you are searching for free grace you know um some free grace people around the world how hard has it been or i know they're out there but you know we just don't know where they're at how hard has it been trying to locate these uh, free grace people yeah so the thing is it just takes it takes some effort you got to uh, be out there connecting with the people you know and then ask them mm-hmm. who else is out there. And so, and it really happens when you're out there with people in person more than anything. Um, when I was in Finland, I heard about this um, group of, of uh, free grace churches that I, I knew a little bit about it already. It's called the Greater Grace uh, Church Movement. Mm. And I, I knew that these churches exist. I just didn't know that there were over 700 of them around the world. Oh, uh, wow. Praise God. Yeah. These are all free grace churches. And, uh, you know, we weren't really connected with them outside of a few people in Finland and a couple others in Scandinavia. But, um, you know, when I was up there, I, I had um, I had a week to kill between the conference um, in, in uh, Helsinki and our uh, church planting conference that we went to in Dubai. That Cody and I went to. Mm-hmm. And so I had a week to kill and I was just planning on spending time in, in Budapest and do some, do some sightseeing. And when I was in Helsinki, I met a guy from Budapest and, uh, and all these uh, pastors, there were like, Hey, we have people there. We have people there. And so I got connected with them and I ended up preaching at two different churches, um, that, that following Sunday. And, um, it's just, you just have to get out there and do it. And, and because people, they don't, they didn't know, they didn't know me. I didn't know them, but uh, we're so like-minded. It was, it was such a blessing to, to get out there and to see them in person. And um, I just think that, that uh, it just takes somebody putting full-time effort into it. And probably eventually it's going to need several of us doing that. Yeah. When we were in, um, on the uh, trip to uh, Southeast Asia, um, some of the guys that were in that group with us, which it was a, a pretty large group of, of different pastors, um, 
it was interesting. They kept on saying, well, what is free grace and what is the free grace alliance? And a lot of them were saying, well, I believe in that, mm. you know, and it's just like you said, it's getting that word out there and and really what what that means. Right. Um, yep. And I think that's the that's a big one. Well, today, I, I would say there's a lot of uh, debate, as there has been for many years on free grace and what you must believe. I think that's kind of been. um the fiery one and all the different Facebook <laughs> um, <laughs> talks and everything, but what you must believe to be free grace. I think that's one that everybody wants to know. Uh, so for some that are wondering what is free grace theology, can you kind of just go over some of the basics? Because there might be somebody that's listening to the podcast today. They're wondering what we're talking about when yeah. we're talking about free grace. And, um, just bring some clarity. What is free grace and what would make somebody free grace? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I think that the, the basic sticking point to free grace has to do mostly with assurance and, um, the kind of the dividing point that I, that I like to say, this is free grace and this is not is, uh, free grace recognizes that, that a believer in Christ can have assurance of his salvation even if his life isn't really um, looking like a Christian's life should. And, and so, because it's based on what Christ has done and not what we have done. I like uh, what Roger says, Roger Fankhauser says about it. He used to be the president of the Free Grace Alliance. And he says, um, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that, uh, that free grace means that salvation is by faith alone and Christ alone and works have play no role in earning, keeping, or proving that salvation. And so if, if you have those views in my, in my opinion, that's free grace. And if you, if you uh, think that you have to earn, keep or prove your salvation with works, then that's not free grace. Mm. That's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good explanation. Yeah. I think you hit it on the nose there with, about assurance. Cause I talked to um, a reform uh, guy one time and he told me that he wishes, I mean, well, he doesn't wish, but he, he said he prays that the Lord will, um, persevere him to the end so right right there you see that yeah. he has no assurance mm -hmm. but um yeah it's key it's key to to have assurance um and i think you you, you nailed it right in the head yeah yeah why, why do you think there is such a mix-up when it comes to the gospel of of you know that christ died for our sins he rose again and and you know freed us from you know that that slavery of 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 sin and death uh why do you think there is such a mix-up with the gospel um just in general yeah i mean i think that i think that people generally speaking when you look around the world you don't really get anything for free um it's it's really um anything that even is free tends to have a, an asterisk by it. It's got uh, some kind of provisos or limitations, and and as you're as you're trying to get through this this world, everything is on an earned basis. And really, it's only it's only in the family that you uh, ever really run into something that is just kind of freely given, and it it costs your family something. Mm. But uh, it's just kind of outside of our normal human experience to get something for free. 
And so I think that's part of it. I think also uh, for some people, not not for all who who get the gospel confused, but for some of them, it's easy to um, want to feel like you played some role and that you you deserve it. Um, I I think that that's that's kind of part of human nature. It's just pride. Um, I think that sometimes it's tradition. Um, there, you you get taught one thing and then try to go through um, through the Bible and everything. And once you have a, a certain perspective that's taught to you, it's hard to it's hard to break free of that and to, to see what Scripture is saying clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that the biggest reason why today there aren't that many free grace people is is because free grace people have not done a good job of um, making sure everybody hears. Mm-hmm. And because when I talk to people about free grace theology, I, outside of some people who are really already ingrained in theology, generally speaking, I get positive responses. And if if we are if we are only trying to evangelize people who are already um, really involved in a theological perspective, that's going to really slow us down. Mm. But there are so many people who have never heard anything about the gospel. And if we can get out there and share that with them, we're going to see a lot of people come to faith in, in Christ and from a free grace perspective. And so I, I, I think that just strategically, we've made some mistakes by focusing on uh, a defensive mindset. And uh, within, uh, you know, to discuss these issues within the church instead of getting outside of the church and talking to people who have never heard. Yeah, that's a great point get out there and and go rather than uh sit back and wait for them for it to come to you. Uh you you wrote a book um as as we mentioned earlier um dispensational theology and free grace intimately linked. Um it was published with uh dispensational publishing house. Um and um what question based on that is why do you think the natural tendency of dispensationalists and I'm not painting everybody in a wide brush. It just I'm saying uh, the natural tendency. Not everybody is. Um, even if they started in the Calvinist and Ar- Arminianist camp, um, their tendency is to begin to come towards a worksless salvation, a worksless gospel. Why do you think they're that they are so intimately linked, as the title even suggests? Yeah, so um, in the book, I, I look at the historical link and then also the theological link. Um, and when I when I say historical, the, there's three sections in the book. And the first section looks at basically the idea that people who are out there preaching against free grace are in their own writings. They're connecting it with dispensationalism. And then I, I talk about, in the second section, the theological reasons for the connection. And then the third section looks at historically among free grace people and among dispensationalists, uh, showing how those, 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 two, those doctrines grew together. And the question you're asking, I think, mostly has to do with theologically, what is the connection? And in my view, there are several things that contribute to what I would call normative dispensationalism, but a couple of them stand out as the most relevant to um, 
the issue of, of um, free grace or soteriology generally. And the first of those is the, the concept of premillennialism. And the reason why that's significant is because if you, if you look at the, um, the basic doctrine of, of dispensational premillennialism also you know, would involve the separation of the church and Israel. Um, that separation of the church and Israel um, gets to the heart of, of God's faithfulness to the unfaithful, because you know the dispensationalist looks at the at um, God's treatment of Israel and and sees that God is faithful to keep His promises to Israel, even though Israel was unfaithful, mm. and even even though Israel um, crucified Christ when um, when Christ when Christ came in the flesh that that despite that god is going to keep his promises that he made to, to israel and and the non-dispensationalist doesn't believe that um the second aspect of of that the the premillennialism that's relevant is that when there's a quote from john piper that i think is is pretty telling and he talks about i, I don't have it here in front of me but he talks about how the great white throne judgment that um, it's a judgment for everybody in his view. And mm -hmm. he says, you know, the dead are raised. And he says all the dead appear before the judgment. And his, his point is to say that every single human being appears before the great white throne judgment to be judged by works to determine eternal destiny. And uh, if you look at that from a dispensational perspective, we're, uh, you, you see this and you think, okay, well, um, at this point, believers will have already been alive and living on earth with Christ and his kingdom for a thousand years. So how are you going to pull them out of the grave to stand before that judgment? Uh, we aren't dead. Uh, we are, we're alive. And uh, so, you know, having that, his, that future history perspective of the judgment of the, excuse me, of the, uh, the millennium, the, millennial reign of Christ and our involvement in that helps us to keep that judgment separate from the judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment for believers to determine rewards. And having that separation between those two judgments not only keeps believers out of the, of the great white throne judgment, but it also um, makes sure that we have an understanding in a place for works and their role in the Christian life and for works as related to, to uh, judgment, because we are going to be judged, not, um, not to determine again, not to determine our eternal destiny, but to determine whether or not we're worthy of rewards and to what extent. And so um, when you don't have a concept of a, of a, a judgment seat of Christ for believers to determine rewards, not eternal destiny, then when you see all these uh, warnings against um, against loss at the judgment seat of Christ, and you relate that to the great white throne judgment, I think against the context, when you do that, you end up confusing the role of works in our in our Christian lives, mm. Mm. and you start to think it has to do with um, with uh, eternal destinies. And then the, the last point that I would uh, want to connect is that um, covenant theology, which is the main uh, theological opposition to dispensationalism, um, 
has a view of the Bible that is all soteriological. They think that the whole Bible relates to how to how do you get saved. Yeah. And so when you start with that assumption, then you go to all these texts that have have different contexts and you end up reading that thought into it. And dispensationalism sees that there's a lot of distinctions in scripture. We we tend to we tend to be um, people who uh, focus more on discontinuity rather than continuity in yeah. the dispensational camp. And so, um, and I, I think that that's good in that we can we can look and we can um, determine each passage's uh, context and purpose. And so, the one of the kind of key themes of dispensationalism is what they call a doxological priority. And, and what that means is that when you look at history and scripture, that the purpose of it isn't just salvation of man, it's the glory of God. Amen. And it has a lot of different aspects to it. Yeah. And so when you see that, when you look, when you then go to scripture, you can keep those, um, you know, salvation and discipleship passages separate and judgment seat of Christ and great white throne judgments pat, um, separate. You can keep uh, justification and sanctification separate. And it's easy to do that from Israel and the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Israel and the church. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and when you do those things, it's much easier to, I think, just let the text speak about each individual passage. And since, in my view, the scripture does teach salvation by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, and it teaches um, discipleship and sanctification that involves works um, and the judgment seat of Christ for rewards that involves works. You have a proper place for all those, and you don't have to kind of mash them all together to be saying the same thing when they're not. Yeah, yeah. I like what they say. Um, if you read the Bible, um, um, I guess they use the word literally. You'll come up with dispensationalism. You know, you should. It's not the other way around. Like your theology shouldn't come out of the text, right? I mean, your theology should come out of the text, but your theology shouldn't be imposed on the text. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what? I'm, yeah. You don't read your theology into the text, right? Um, and um, I think that um, you know you 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 made a point to to you know basically say that um, you know if if you're reading you know your salvation into every book that there is in in scripture, then you are going to have problems, especially because the the writers let you know what the purpose of their writing is you know um and i I think that's an important part is where we need to approach it where we say okay so what did the writer say this purpose for writing this epistle or gospel is you know and and then that's you know a major point of what we're looking at as dispensationalists we're looking at the bible for exactly what it says it's right written for right right? and and that's a, a major point in that so Brother Grant, is um, Free Grace Alliance associated with Grace School of Theology? So, um, associated is is um, is is kind of a tricky word. Uh, we're not, we are not in any official way associated, other than that, uh, Grace School of Theology offers a uh, a scholarship to um, Free Grace Alliance members, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, a couple of their. Um, faculty are on our board mm-hmm. 
including the provost, uh, Dr. Mark Haywood, and the dean of international um, programs, who uh, his name is uh, uh, Dr. Juan Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you know some of our several of our founding members and really active members are um, involved in Grace School of Theology or work for Grace School of Theology in, in various ways. So um, there's a there's a lot of unofficial uh, connection, if that if that makes sense. But um, you know, FGA isn't intended to be you know really a part of any other ministry other than that we come alongside and try to help other ministries in whatever ways we can, other pre-grace ministries. Gotcha. Well, Grant, um, John, you got any more questions? Because I love ending with one question, but I, I want to save it to the end. So. Well, I want to I want to say one more. <laughs> there you go. I um well I, the reason why I, br- I brought up Grace School Theology because you um Grace School Theology they do a good job on um they have um a part in their school called Grace on Demand, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, Grant. Yeah. And and um and you know I took I've taken Greek it was a long time ago and I wanted to brush up on my Greek a little bit so I took the you have a class on on Greek in in on the Grace on Demand um, website there, so um, I just wanted to say thank you for that because um it's, it it really helped me to you know to to catch not to catch up but at least to brush up a little bit on my on my Greek. So your 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 workbook is very is very helpful and I and I encourage or just you know I um promote it to anybody who wants to take Greek just to go on that website and just um, Grace on Demand and to, and to do it because it's affordable too. I think you take like 12 classes or something like that for like 200 bucks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me mention also about that uh, Grace on Demand um, and the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. They um, as they are a ministry of the of, the, of Grace School of Theology. Mm-hmm. We just worked out a deal with them so that um, all Free Grace Alliance member churches, that all of their people have full access to that for free. Oh, wow. So um, this is... This is separate from the individual memberships, but the um, but the the church churches can now join the Free Grace Alliance, and if the church joins that, then then they have all everybody from that mm-hmm. church gets full access for free. Praise the Lord! Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, the the uh, your your I, I think you used your easy peasy. Uh, I love that biblical title. Greek, right? <laughs> uh, for that class. <laughs> yep. And um, I, I think that that's good, uh, especially you know John and I for the bachelor side of things we we both did um um the <laughs> machin's oh, greek which is an archaic yeah. form of studying <laughs> greek so <laughs> yeah yeah well um let's let's end it with this uh, grant and i appreciate you giving us your time uh but um other than the word of god because obviously um that is our source of of growth and inspiration and everything um, let me just ask, cause, uh, people like to know, um, other than the word of God, what writer, teacher, theologian, or book has influenced you in your ministry the most? Oh, goodness. Um, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the book that led me to free grace theology through a, through a friend, it was sort of indirectly was, uh, Zane Hodges is absolutely free. And um, I, I came to Free Grace when um, I was at a, I was at a, a Lordship Church, and um, a friend of mine was, well, a friend of mine now, but at the time he was um, somebody I didn't know. He was sitting there on a, on a bench reading, 
absolutely free. And I came over and asked, what are you reading? And so that's, that's kind of my introduction to, to free grace. Um, I probably got my grounding in free grace theology throughout, um, like having that perspective throughout scripture from, uh, the reign of the servant Kings by Jody Dillo, yeah. which was the, um, it was sort of the, um, I guess the, um, Anyway, it was it 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 looks at at uh, free at free grace theology from scripture from a pretty thorough perspective. Yeah, it's been updated and expanded in um, another book called the uh, Final Destiny, which is just a, it's a second edition of that. Um, so I I think if I had to choose, um, and you say other than scripture, <laughs> yeah, I'm making you I'm making you have to yeah I'm making you have yeah. to. Think. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that probably I would have to say uh, the reign of the servant kings by Jody Dillo had had the biggest impact on developing where I stand theologically. So yeah, that's his. Uh, I think his first writing of that was what 1998 somewhere on there, or early in the 90s maybe. That yeah, I think it was, it was a earlier than that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and I think he did several editions before the uh, Final Destiny. But yeah, that that is a a great um great book that basically he just looks from uh, gospels uh, through in the ties and just connections and he looks at the history of it the gra- grammar of it and he just does such a great and thorough job so yeah that's a great one um and i think we all have you know ties uh, let me ask you on the dispensational side now <laughs> um you know uh, and uh, obviously there's going to be names like Toussaint and Ryrie and whatnot in there but but what would you say kind of led you into the dispensational side of study yeah so um despite the fact that i wrote you know the dispensationalism and free grace intimately linked i my first um church that i was involved in um that was you know not just going with my parents uh was a dispensational and lordship church and they and i i think it's probably fair to say that their dispensationalism is a little bit leaky leaky dispensationalism like mark MacArthur calls his own dispensationalism yep um but because of my involvement there um, uh, I started reading a lot of, uh, Chafer and Ryrie and, um, I really like, um, oh, his name's, his name's slipping, um, right now. He wrote a book called, uh, Premillennialism and Amillennialism. Um, oh, I can't remember his name right now. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, Ironside, uh, Graham, Graham Scroggy. Pentecost. Uh, yeah. Pentecost. Um, certainly um and so really all those guys that D- really the dts um dts group was was pretty yeah. influential for me um you know one of the one of the better books i think um that it's 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 not that it's amazingly written or anything it's just so straightforward it's actually by arthur pink yeah uh, cuz he was a he was a dispensationalist um, early on in his writing career. And it, I think it's, um, what's the name of that book, Cody? Um, the one I'm thinking of, um, man, I... <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while since I've read it, but, um, but, um, 
the Redeemer's Return. Oh yeah, yeah, the Redeemer's Return. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So um, you know, those were all good. I um, I've had to sort of um, carve out my own ideas on dispensationalism because I there this is um, this is probably a whole other topic, but. Uh, <laughs> I've become convinced that the dispensations are primarily missional in nature. Mm. And so, um, and that there's some inconsistency in most dispensational writings that uh, while we, we don't see the, there's a tension that we're, we, we see the dispensations as not being soteriological, but still we're using soteriological terms to describe them. Yeah. And I think because of uh, some some wrong understandings of um, of election, that those things have still gotten a little bit too blended. And so yeah. um, if you can recognize that election is missional and how important that is for driving the narrative of Scripture, you can see how all the dispensations end up being missional in nature. And just for one for one example, and I won't talk too much about this because I know, but you know, when we talk about the dispensation of innocence um, for Adam, that's, first of all, that innocence has to do, that's a soteriological concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's already, you're kind of getting off on the wrong foot there. And then normally when people talk about it, they just talk about don't eat of the tree, right? Yeah. Of the knowledge of yeah. good and evil. And, but there was so much more that God told them. He told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion. That's a big mission. Mm. Right. And so and we just kind of gloss over that and ignore it almost. But that's really what they were supposed to do with their lives. And this one prohibition was just a little almost like an afterthought, but it ended up being the point of disobedience. And so um, but if we look at it from a missional perspective, we understand what God was trying to do with mankind before man fell. Then I think that kind of helps us to start the narrative of Scripture off on a, on a more um, text driven um foundation so mm. um i haven't written on it i did uh, i did teach a seminar on it once um but uh, at some point i'm going to write a book about missional dispensationalism so <laughs> when, when, when you um when you did the seminar is is that on is that is that on the web or can we find that anywhere or no it was um it was a video conferencing seminar in, oh, okay. in uh, eastern europe um and i don't i don't think it was recorded so um some someday someday <laughs> you, th- you think about doing a book about it or just writing an article yeah no i want to write a book about it oh, okay someday. good yeah I, it's um it's it's a it's in a long list of books i want to write though so yeah. well, hopefully that's the first one because I'm, I'm interested in that one <laughs> you captivated john <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i like to see the different points of you know of dispensationalism so uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll be praying for that man thank you thank yeah. you yeah well uh Again, Grant, it's been a joy to talk to you, and we um, we look forward to seeing what you personally, with Bold Grace and uh, the Free Grace Alliance, uh, continue to work on and, and grow. Uh, we wish you guys the best of luck in all your endeavors, and just thank you for um, doing this, where you bring um, like-minded believers and just say, hey, look, um, let's, let's stand together with our commonalities, which is the free grace message. And uh, we appreciate that. Amen. And thanks. It's, it's been a pleasure to be on here with you guys. All right, brother, you take it easy and uh, have a blessed rest of this uh, day. Thank you, Grant. Thank you too. Bye guys. 
Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.